5: You always
3: follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and
0: Pauly Howard on v Yeah, yeah, here we go. It is Follow the Money, VSin the sports betting network. Mitch and Paul live downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino with you for the next three hours. Big, big show lined up in that span uh, in an hour. Indy Jeff Seely on the program as best bets for the PGA Tour event this week. Ray Ratto, who's been uh, covering sports for a long, long time in San Francisco on Warrior Celtics, and NBA historian Bob Ryan coming up later on in the show as well. You know, Paulie, Bet Rivers now moved this number on game three tonight. The Celtics are lane four, and the total is 212.5 at Bet Rivers. This number was stuck on 3.5 for a long, long time almost everywhere. They moved it to four, and we finally get game three here tonight.
3: The uh, Going back the last 39 times, the finals are tied at one. The winner of game three wins the series 82% of the time. Actually, I thought it would be higher. Uh, but uh, I could see a Boston blowout tonight. You would think they would bounce back after the uh, horrible showing in game two. You also could argue Golden State could be up 2 nothing in this series, if not for the horrendous fourth quarter. But some of this stuff is easy, right? I mean, the, the threes, which these teams are bombs away. And uh, does Boston take care of the ball? As something we talked about before the series started. They're twelve and two in the in the playoffs when they have uh, fewer than fifteen turnovers. So they, they got to take care of the ball, and we got to see a big performance out of out of Tatum tonight as well. Yeah, and as we pointed out yesterday on the show, he has eighty three turnovers so far in the
0: playoffs. Yep. He's eleven away from tying LeBron for the most ever in a single postseason. And if this series drags out, hell, even if it's a five game series with eleven to go, he could actually still match that number or go past it. The way that it's trending for him. Here's what I hope happens uh, happens tonight. I hope, and I'm not, I haven't bet it like this yet, but I hope the Celtics blow out the Warriors. I hope Klay Thompson has another
3: stink bomb, and I want to come back with Golden State in Game Four on Friday night in yep. Boston. Sounds like a plan. I'll be, it, would, it would concern me if I'm a Boston fan, the fact that I'm better on the road than I am at home, and and this this five and four home record in the playoffs is astonishing when you think about it. And then here you go, you're going against history. And a team that's won 26 series in a row, they've at least grabbed the road game. Yeah. So they figure to get one here. Uh, the supporting cast is going to be huge, enormous, unsung hero. Uh, I like a lot of props, but guys that will play a key role, I think. What are you going to get out of Poole? What are you going to get out of, out of uh, White? I think White can have a big game in a big series uh, for the Celtics. What does does Horford, I would say that he already is uh, having a big series sure, for that okay, team. Sure, yeah. Would it, would, Horford was great in game one, didn't do much in game two, right? How do they react now to what Draymond Green did and his shenanigans in game two? And what happens with the role players and the supporting cast now that the series shifts to Boston? I mean, there's a lot of questions here, but uh, it it, it should be fun. Hopefully we get a close game after it didn't work out in the first two. I think the health of Robert Williams and Marcus Smart are the
0: two biggest question marks for me as of right now and uh, how this game is going to go coming up in about, you know, more than uh, 12 hours from this minute. But uh, if Williams cannot go and he played 14 minutes in the last game, and we saw Looney again had a nice game in a nice second half, and I will remind people again, when Bam Adebayo had like, by far and away his best game in the previous series, that was because Robert Williams missed that game. But also Marcus Smart, uh, when they collided, uh, and it was Williams' knee yes. in the previous game, which which really made him go to the bench and not come back, If you told me right now that Smart's also going to be dinged up and he's not going to give you much offensively, I would really like Golden State
3: tonight. I Mm -hmm. don't know the health of these two players are very important. the the biggest thing going right now for this team. I'm with you. Right. I mean, if they're not close to 100%, that is something to track, too, and watch Smart. His prop is 14 points. But remember, uh, he was nowhere to be found in the fourth quarter. He was on the bench in the first eight minutes of game one and then did nothing in game two. So if he is severely compromised, uh, that's something to watch, and I think he is. And more so with Williams. Oh, he's not going to give you a lot of points, but his prop's five and a half. But, you know, the other thing, going back to the turnovers, they had 15 live ball turnovers in game two. Mm-hmm. That's their third most on the season in 102 games. 19 overall turnovers. No, they I – mean, Come on, guys. I mean, for a team to be this far and a team that –
0: Look, you, you probably heard on this network going back to last week that a lot of sharp bettors were on the Celtics. They have them power-rated as the best team in the NBA. I have them power-rated as the best team in the NBA. I think mm-hmm. they are the best. Yeah. But to get this far and still have this many bad games and to have this many unforced errors, right. you don't see that very often with an eventual champion. You know what I'm saying? That is true. So it pops yes. up far too often, in my opinion. And they just, look, I mean... They have a home record like this like, and you're in the finals. Yep, I know. So, again, the what happens tonight because of what you said, the Warriors have been so good on the road under Steve Kerr in the playoffs, winning a game in 26 consecutive playoff series, or the Celtics in this postseason, this year, where they have been
3: pretty much the nuts off of a loss. That is true. Right. Uh, but that's, I, I I think Boston wins. But there are many cases, though, that you can make and ways that you could see the Warriors getting there. The history, what they've done on the road, uh, falling asleep and falling apart in game one, and, and the fact that, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I, I can't I want to see what Bob Ryan thinks. But I really think this this finals experience is very important. 123 to nothing. And I think that could carry the day. And maybe why Golden State wins the series as well. Yeah. But, um, it is big. Yeah, but there's so much. Uh, uh, maybe a guy like Pritchard has a big game. Who knows? Maybe it's a Grant Williams who's knocked down some threes. But when you see game, game one, Boston was 21 of 41 from three. And Golden State hit 19 threes, and then both teams were 15 of 37 from three mm-hmm. in Game Two. I mean, that that's going to decide it about who who knocks them down, and because there's so just an avalanche of threes with these teams.
0: Yeah, why, and by, I I will ask you, Paulie, why is that going to change? I don't think it will. Why why no. would the three point attempts all of a sudden go down from almost
3: 80 to like 62 tonight? I don't right. think that's going to happen. One book uh, finally adjusted the prop; they got up to 29, 29 and a half now combined made threes. Uh, maybe that, but that's not enough. I. You might not think that's enough because you got 30 combined in game two. Well, and you had a whole 12 minutes of garbage time.
0: And we did see another book where it was 14 and a half as the three point prop for field goals made for each team. Mm-hmm. So basically, they have to get the 30 to beat you on both of them. Yeah. So where are you at with Clay Thompson? I'm more confused than anything because when I look, and we'll do this more coming up in about mm-hmm. 10 minutes, but when you look at his overall game log in the playoffs, um, it, some of it looks. Like, pretty attractive and kind of sexy. Most of it is like, oh, boy,
3: man, I no, hope this is not the end of it. And this this might be who he is now. The other thing is, am I going to get a stinker or an average performance out of Curry? He's had some in the, in the past. He has. He, and he's an unbelievable player. Uh, so far, he's, so good, though, for him. Yeah, I know, but if what if he has an average game or an off game? I don't think you're going to get much out of Poole. I don't think you'll get much out of Porter. Draymond Green can't score. I know his props eight and a half, but he can't shoot. And he's right. they're daring him to shoot, right? So who else? Maybe Wiggins, but now we'll see if you get if you happen to get an off game out of Curry and Clay has only gone off and bet old Clay twice in the entire playoffs. Then I mean, this pool thing is going to stop. I think. I think that was a yeah. fluke. Whatever. It's it's one thing about he got no, the, hot the, from the, three, but look where he was shooting from. Yeah, the way he the hit those court. shots, that right. was
0: the fluke. He can score. Right. Like his point prop that we're looking at right now is 12 and a half I think that's probably the right number. I, I definitely don't want to bet over 12-and-a-half. If I had to bet it, I'd probably go to the under
3: on pool tonight, 12-and-a-half. Right. And, a half. right. Uh, and Looney's been a, a big shot in the arm for him, too. And Guy's big, good. A, yes, he can play. But the other thing is, uh, a, guy, a guy, maybe you have to lean on Brown. I mean, if I get these bad performances out of Tatum here, maybe Brown has a big game, I and mean, he's so hard to guard. He's got that mid-range he has. He's very good he can from, get like, to 15 the, feet. Yes, he that, can yep. get to the basket when he wants So Brown could be in store for a big game, too, and he might have to be because I think the Horford thing turned out to be a fluke with just bad defense, lazy defense on three, from three. Tatum struggled. Smart's hurt. Williams is hurt. White can play a big role, but at this point, I'm running out of options. Do we actually see
0: maybe Draymond go to Tatum tonight if Tatum goes off because Tatum's been so good after a loss, and if he has a good first quarter, will Kerr make that adjustment and say, okay, enough's enough here. We had you on Brown in game two, but now we're going to make you go to Tatum Frustrate him again, make it difficult for him, and now we're going to have some of the others try
3: to beat us tonight. Mm, yeah. I would not mind that if I'm Golden State. Can I, can I play Can I play Williams and Horford at the same time? Maybe I can't even do that anymore in
0: Boston. Yeah, I don't know. Because I, I, I don't even know if you can play Williams that much. Now, the, the, the big break they're getting here with Williams is that the last game that we had was Sunday night. So we had an extra day off here. There was travel involved, obviously, but um, I actually think Grant Williams can be in store for a nice game tonight. His point prop is five and a half. That's what you're putting on the screen here for a, a one book. If you can find five, five, five and a half, uh, I'm definitely going to bet that. I also think Andrew Wiggins has been pretty good in the series. Yes. So he can give you go out there and give you 16, 17 points tonight, play some pretty good defense on top of that. Horford, major question mark to me too. Again, yep. th- the, the, all of those open threes in the fourth quarter that were getting knocked down, they had plenty of space to shoot those threes. It wasn't just him; it was everybody else that you know hit him in that game. Uh, because of Steph going off so far in the series and the respect books have for Tatum, it's kind of opening up some value now on to be the the game's leading scorer tonight. Steph is oh, plus okay. 110, Tatum's plus 150. Beyond that, Brown is plus 375, but then Thompson's 15 to one, Wiggins is 35, Marcus Smart is 80, Horford's 90, Derek White's 125 to one. So I think that we're going to have one of these games in the series where yep. it's not going to be Curry and it's not going to be Tatum, so somebody else steps up and it is the game's leading scorer. And because they're off to you know, well Curry is off to such a good start, then you can get big numbers in other guys. And I
3: still think it's wide open if the Celtics win the title for Finals MVP. I really do, and I think a guy could come out of nowhere. Well, I hope you're right. From big again, odds,
0: it, there's no way if the series ended if the series was over with
3: after two games, it could not be Jason Tatum. But he's priced like he would be. Updated numbers, props to lead. The series in points, Steph is now a $5 favorite. Wow. To lead in assists, Tatum minus 170, Draymond plus 160. And to lead in rebounds, Looney plus 120, Horford plus 220, so is Green. The assist, it's only two guys. Got to be at the top. Okay. I can look at it. But uh, we got a lot to get to coming up. First hour of fall, the money presented exclusively by Bet Rivers, your hometown book. Check out their daily specials at BetRivers.com. Over 350 different ways to bet the NBA finals. It's a great mix. It's a great menu. Everything you want on the finals, and of course the NHL playoffs as well. I'll get to a ton of props that I like coming up next. Good board, good stuff at Bet Rivers. And uh this is who the guy really is, I think. We'll run through all his numbers coming up of what he's done the entire postseason, and much has been made about his struggles, but I think this is who it is. I'll fill in on who I'm talking about coming up next on Fall of the Money. Visa in the sports Betting Network. VSET, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, BetRivers, as you covered, they've launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philly, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast, wherever you get your podcast. A lot of props I like tonight, and an eclectic mix as always. Uh, don't come after me, but I think largest lead under 17.5 is uh, is doable tonight. I it's think in I play think tonight? That. Yeah, I do. I really think that's in play. Uh, Pool under 13 points. I don't think he gets to 14. I think that was a total fluke with what happened in Game 2, and also look at some of the shots that he made. Al Horford, points and rebounds under 20. Went off in Game 1, but didn't even attempt a shot in the first half of Game 2. I think, now, that, I think that's want, a big ask for him to get over.
0: Do you want to do under the combination there or just under the points? Well, there's, is, is, well,
3: there's three things you could do. You could go points, rebounds, and assists under. You could go points and rebounds under. You could go points under. Points 11 and a half, points and rebounds 20. I think points, rebounds, and assists to 23 and a half. Yeah. So well, there's, I, mean, I, I would prefer to go points and rebounds under. Could you see it?
0: Okay, because I could see a path where he has four points and 11 rebounds. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, so. Yeah, well, not close to him. Right. right, right, right. But, wh- I mean, I can see him getting those rebounds, but then what if he ha- right. pops off for that's, 12 points?
3: That's like Draymond Green. I was, I th- I leaned Draymond Green over, too. Points, rebounds, and assists, he's 21 and a half. I mean, a game, he, he was just, what did he have, nine in game two? I think he had four points or two points in whatever it was, in, in game one. Right. Four points in game one. But he's going to have the opportunities because he can be wide open, and once in a while he can drive to the basket. Because he figured, you know, he should get seven, eight assists. Mm-hmm. What's he gonna do on the glass? And he's he's been right in that range in the first two games. Okay, I can well, see that.
0: Any thoughts on or opinion on Looney six and a half points? If there's no Robert no, Williams, yeah. seems yeah. Or if he is, you know, gonna give him, you know, 15, 20 minutes again tonight, I would like him over. He's he's good for those offensive rebounds, couple put putbacks, right. absolutely. Right. And his rebounds prop is sitting at eight and a half right now. Over is minus
3: one twenty-five. Yep. I like Boston total threes over fourteen. Twenty one in game one, 15 in game two, but then again, nobody played in the fourth quarter at game two. Uh so that's yeah. you know, and I think remember when Van Vliet had the baby and he just was couldn't miss and was Michael Jordan was unbelievable. Maybe you're seeing this with White. Maybe something's there. The baby power, whatever it is. Uh but it you he's know He's been he's been the best player on Boston as far as I'm concerned why, for two games. White can should go over, and I'm with you
0: on Grant Williams. Grant Williams can't hear. And and I really like that prop today. Yeah. He's. By the way, this is what we talk about all the time. How are the others going to play at home? Well, they're back home for this game. He's going to get minutes tonight. Yeah. He's going to be out there on the court playing plenty. He'll get shots. Uh, will he knock him down? I, I'm. I'm willing to bet on it that he's going to get more than six points There'll tonight. There'll be
3: opportunities. There'll be opportunities. And then, and, and then let's get to Clay Thompson. About what I teased earlier about this. Just I love Clay Thompson under 19 points. You go back and look at his game log and what he's done. And we mentioned it briefly yesterday. But. He, he's been vintage Clay, old Clay, only twice in the playoffs. Well, I would if say don't more count, than that. You're going to count Denver? I get okay. Well, you have to. You Why? have to, because it's a playoff game. Well, I mean, it's not. It was also. You, I, I can understand if you want to dismiss it and say, okay, now we're playing big-time competition, as the Nuggets just had one player. Okay, but he had 32 in one of the games against the Nuggets.
0: Yeah, and 26 in another. He had th- he, did, he had 13 threes combined in those two games.
3: He had 30 against Memphis. In the closeout game, and he had 32 in the closeout game against Dallas. Other than that, he has gone under every single time since the Denver game. If you take out the two closeout games, which uh, he, he was great in Game Five against Dallas, but other than that, but I just think this is who he is now. Now, when he struggles, he watches Game Six Clay on YouTube. <laughs> How strange is that? You know, if you give out a bad pick, they go back. Okay, watch sure. the Mega Bucks sure. clip. We've got to get fired up. What does he do there? Sit there and go, Yeah, come on, Clay, that's you. Yeah. He watches highlights of himself for the epic performance against OKC. Hey man, do what you gotta has, do to get pumped up. But uh, between the the horrific injury and just how he is now, and you just see the lack of explosion going by people. And also he's never he'll never be the same defensively. I just think this is who he is now. I mean, again, you go back, you take out those two closeout games. He's gone under his point prop, at least what it is priced tonight, every single time.
0: Okay, here here's where I would be super concerned about Clay. I actually you could you could say that he had two good games against Memphis because he had twenty-one and nine rebounds and he shot four of six in game three. And in, in the game six closeout, he had thirty, like you said, and he made eight threes. But beyond that, uh, not not only the points going under, but three of ten from three, two of twelve, oh of seven. There was a three of six in there. Okay, in the finals against Dallas. From downtown, 1 of 4, 1 of 4, 3 of 10, 2 of 6. And in game 5, 32 points, 8 of 16. He was the game's leading scorer there. And he did, again, right after the game was over with, and he's on national TV getting getting interviewed, mm-hmm. they asked him about his game, and he goes, you know what, I left like three threes in the court tonight. He was, I watched, he was wide open on every attempt. And he's right, he could have had like 11 or 12 threes in that game. And so far, and I'll, I'll throw this at you too. When you look at the Boston points, 15 and 11, 3 of 7 from downtown, and then 1 of 8, this is a different matchup, too, for him. That's the number
3: one defensive team guarding the three. Yes.
0: Exactly right. And yes. they have the individual talent here on defense to guard the three, which we ran down before the series started. Like five or six guys on defense alone for Boston uh, allowed shooters to go 31% on the year or in the playoffs from three. So they're very well-equipped to actually defend a guy like this. Mm-hmm. I said it earlier. I hope Boston blows him out tonight and Clay has like four points on two of 16 from the floor. I would like to then come back and bet Clay to go over and the Warriors in game four to win the game. But again, that could be wishful thinking. This is the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, Steve Kerr. He's not concerned about the struggles with uh, Clay Thompson.
3: Yeah, I think he's just um, pressing a little bit. You know, he just wants so badly to do well that uh, he's taking some bad ones. Um, I'm not uh, particularly concerned about it because. Um, this isn't the first time it's happened. You know, he's, uh, Clay has a way of uh, responding to many slumps or whatever you want to call them. Um, so the, the, the point of emphasis will be, you know, let's, let's make sure we get good rhythm shots early. And, and um, if we do that individually and as a team, then uh, it puts everybody in a better position.
0: Now, did you notice, Paul, in the previous game in blowout time, Steve Kerr left him on the court? No. He was on the court mm. when Boston said, this game's over with to begin the fourth quarter. That was, when I'm watching that, my thinking was, well, Kerr wants him to maybe get going here with a couple of open shots. He, he recognizes this. I thought, I thought Kerr was concerned, actually, during game two, knowing that he was not going off. And like, look, maybe you can... How about this prop? Will any player make consecutive three-pointers? The second three made... At the same game score as after the first made three. So let's say Curry hits one, it's three nothing. Does he hit another one yeah. and make it six nothing? To go back yeah. to back threes, Curry is plus four fifty, Clay's eight to one. Tatum eleven to one, Poole eleven to one, that's creative, Brown fourteen to one.
3: It's that high?
0: Yeah. Back okay. to back, but the the score can't change.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. No big deal. So if the Warriors go on a, yeah. on a run or a spurt. Uh, two things. Number one, ratings are up thirty-seven percent. They're from up thirty. 30- Did you see that? Thirty-seven percent. It's the power of the Warriors in the in Boston. The other thing mm, too. Wow. Uh, and remember, remember the series at Free camp? Well, I guess that really started when they went back home to Milwaukee in Game Three. Yeah. The other thing, I thought Bob Volgaris made a great point about. He's noticed the entire playoffs that the in play has been off, and now how the NBA has changed, and just like this series where there's so many threes. That you know the run's coming, but in play, they're not adjusting enough for the comeback. And it said it took them a long time. I noticed that too. It's like they don't account for the big run the other way, where a team might be up 16. And they're laying 12, and, 12 and, a half and a half in play. Yeah, have noticed Something that. like that. Yep. It doesn't make any it, It's like the other team's going to go on a run here, right? Right. That's going to blow
0: them out. Well, unless a team says, okay,
3: the game's over with to begin the fourth quarter. Let's yeah, but, get this game over with. Yeah, but that's also, we've seen, this is early on in the game. No, right, no, no too, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we've had big leads. I thought he was spot on with that. Um, and then we'll see what, I think Other uh, could be a, a big thing, too, about who's officiating the game. You know, again, Boston's won 12 in a row when it's Scott Foster. But we'll see uh, when that's announced who's going to be on the game, too. Because uh, these guys play a big, big role in what happens. and, well, of, co- and, and of course, with well, rest assured, there'll be a big name in foul trouble too. I would imagine. Now, remember, the Foster angle is when he's on
0: the road team, but it's also well the boston so the period. Celtics too. Yeah, so I guess it would but be conflicting
3: trends if he was on a game tonight or on Friday night. Or if maybe they pull him out, and you know the extender if it's three one. Yeah. and they throw him out there too. Yeah.
0: No, that's a good point about the in play because it's when, when these games were. When that that prop was going over seventeen and a half for the largest lead, you'd see it all the time. Like the other team's not going to make a run. It's the NBA. We live and breathe. It happens mm-hmm. every single game almost. Mm-hmm.
3: And he would know too. I mean, he made uh, his living doing this for a long time. Correct. About how the in play was off. Is Clay your favorite player prop of the night under? Yeah, under nineteen points. Okay, and prop well that that and pool. That pool under thirteen too. Yeah, my, I, I my like, favorite two props. I like
0: Grant Williams over five and a half points.
3: Yep, good. Yeah, it's going to get there. Win-lose coming up next. Eclectic mix as always. Good videos. We'll run down everything that happened last night. Uh, condolences to you. Horrible timing with a blown save, which we'll get to. And uh, John Elway, $900 million. Cost himself 900000000 million. We'll get to that and to fill you in more on that story coming up next with win-lose. And we'll get to Bob Ryan, Ray Ratto, more on the finals. And Jeff Seeley has been red hot with Paul ahead on Decent, fall The Money, Be sports betting network.
5: Money. that's
3: what i always say you always follow yeah the money. yeah this is follow the money with mitch moss and Polly howard on vsin if you're looking for consistency in major league baseball look at david hess at winners and winers 63 this year on his totals and he likes a total today in mlb get it by texting vsin to 320-350-3500 the total for Dave Hess today, 320-350-3500 when you text Beeson, Jeff Seely joins us now, our golf analyst and expert. He's been hot and so close on some of these big tickets. Cutmaker podcast at Cutmaker Jeff on Twitter. And uh, subscribe to Telegram to get his plays and what he tweets out uh, every round as well before each round. So you talked about this last week about, uh, you know, maybe call on the bluff here, and we have more breaking news on this. Monahan said... If you guys played in this Saudi event, this Live Golf, there would be severe penalties, there could be fines and even a lifetime ban. And it's like, okay, well, nothing's going to happen here. And we got some more names. What do you think of this?
4: I mean, guys, it's for real now. There's no question. I mean, we just saw that just analysis on the Telegraph that um, Bryson DeChambeau and Patrick Reed are joining too, right? So we heard Phil the other day. Not that Phil's super relevant these days, but now you got you got you know. DJ, you got you got uh, Bryson, you got Reed, you got Phil, uh, you got Ricky Fowler. Again, he hasn't been super relevant in a while, but I mean, the the money's talking, guys. And I mean, you got the U.S. Open coming up here um, in in you know a, a week or so. It wouldn't shock me if Kepka went. <laughs> to be honest with you, I mean, he plays for money and majors, and and if if um, that's where the money is, and he can still playing the majors, I wouldn't be shocked at all to see Kepka go next because. His brother's already
3: there too. I was surprised what uh, Matt Eulman said yesterday. I mean, are you going to embrace this? About this is a nice opportunity to now handicap another golf tournament.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I don't know why why you wouldn't, right? Yes. I mean, For me, for for the, the more tournaments, the better. The more opportunity, the better. I mean, um, shoot, if I'm if I can have you know three really relevant tournaments or, or two, three, whatever it is that I can have good data on, and and God forbid these guys actually put together a better TV and tracking product than the PGA, right? Imagine if their viewing experience, because listen, let's be, let's be honest, the, the PGA Tours is kind of average, especially the first two rounds and guys you want to see. If these guys put together a better viewing product, um, you know, we'll see how the team component goes. Their names are terrible, and their logos are cheesy. But yeah. um, if they get that part figured out, then, it, you know, we could be onto something here. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Did you make any uh, bets for the first ever LIV event this week?
4: Um, I haven't yet, and, and I'm, I'm going to be looking at it here a little bit more. I, I, I have not yet, um, and I may. But, I again, guys, I've been so focused right now on, on PGA this week and then trying to get ready for the U.S. Open next sure. week that um, – I haven't yet, but that doesn't mean I I won't.
0: No, or, right. It's it's something that you're going to <laughs> embrace and you're going to attack probably when you and, have the time to do it. Sure.
4: Oh, you bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, I, and honestly, if I had really good data on Corn Ferry, I would bet that. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, I think I think for me, it's just a question of, of what what you know how good is the data I can get because that really is the most important thing in golf. Is you know, there's course fit and a lot of other things, but data is, is huge and. and if they put out good data and which I would think if I'm them, they would, I would want to make this as gambleable as possible. So um, yeah, I would, I would definitely, it's going to be interesting. There's no question about it. And if they end up putting a a better viewing product and entertainment product than the PGA, then uh, you know, it's going to be wide open. It's it's going to be, it's a fascinating storyline. And one that will continue to evolve every day. I'm Uh, sure
3: you got a good feel right now. You also did a nice job on the daily fantasy last week. But these these near misses, though. I mean, you have to be. I, I was losing my mind on, on the first round last week because Home is right there, Zalatoris is right there, and then they they doubled and bogeyed on 17, so you didn't even get a share of the uh, the first round leader. You were close on Mito, as Mitch mentioned as well. But you, you, then you had Wise and, uh, and and Neiman too, and they were they were close with the second place finishes.
4: Oh gosh, guys, it's been the story of near misses, right? I mean, between Sebastian Munoz four weeks ago, Mito 80 to one lost on 18. Harold Varner blew up on the back nine, tied to the lead with nine holes left. And then we had Wise, Neiman, and Homa. You got all three on the show last week. We're all right there. We just needed some some Billy Ho run bad. And unfortunately, he made that eagle and sealed the deal. But, no, it, it was it ended up being okay. I, like I said, I won my my seat in the DraftKings Fantasy Golf World Championship coming up. So uh, I'm really excited about that. And uh, we'll, we'll hope to run a little better this week.
0: I was waiting, like you. I was waiting for the Billy Horschel implosion, and he—I got to tell you—he was absolutely nails on Sunday for the most part, right?
4: Well, yeah, and and I remember last year this time I had Billy Horschel, and he got run down by Jim Herman. You guys remember That's that? That's right.
0: He was more than a thousand to one <laughs> here at circa.
4: He was he was a thousand to one at Cirque, and I had like Horschel thirty to one. I'm like, oh, he's got this locked up. He's not going to get beat by Jim Herman. Wrong. So <laughs> I, I certainly thought I was very live with my uh, my Wise and Neiman and Homa, but uh, Horschel held on. So it is what it is.
0: All right. So tell us a little bit about the the course breakdown here, the RBC Canadian Open, and then some of your core plays you're going to invest in this week.
4: Sure, guys. So we're at Royal St. George's, which is a, a course we don't see very often on on tour. Well, it's a short course. It's kind of funky. Has a ton of trees, so you have to hit the fairways. Uh, a lot of elevation changes, so players will be hitting shots that aren't, you know, what you consider quote unquote standard. Um, I've been hearing that the greens are running amazing, so I really do think this will be a fun tournament for the players this week. And I expect the winning score to be somewhere in the mid-teens. Um, but I'm really focusing on driving accuracy, approach, and and then putting.
0: All right. The, and then from there, yeah, uh, yeah, the the shortest yeah. shot in the board. Start with that guy first.
4: Yeah, sure. So uh, it's a really top heavy field this week, um, and there's eight guys who are twenty two to one or less. I think uh, this goes without saying, but I think it's fairly likely the the, the leader comes from that group. Uh, my first pick in that range is Cam Smith. I don't have to tell you guys a good Cam Smith has been over the past year, but I'll just make it really simple. Over the past fifty rounds, he's first in approach and second in putting. So those are arguably the two most important stats this week. There's one area Smith's struggle, it's off the tee, that could come back to bite him this week if he gets loose with his driver. But that said, I think there'll be a lot of holes where guys will be hitting something less than driver off the tee, hitting longer in irons into the greens, some of these dog legs and the like, and that could help mitigate some of Cam's off-the-tee issues. So I played Cam Smith at 12-1. to 1. Um, My second pick in this range is, is the opposite of Cam Smith, and that's Corey Connors, who's 22-1 to 1 at DraftKings. Um, Connors is third in the field and strokes gain off the tee and 11th on approach. So the struggle for him is the short game. Isn't great as putting is average, but I think average will be okay. If he doesn't make any big mistakes, um, Connors is two to one to finish top 10 and plus 35 to one first round leader. So I bet both of those really like the first round leader on Connors. And then my, my third core play is the other Canadian. I like Adam Hadwin. He's 45 to one on DK this week. Um, Adwin's 10th on approach and 13th of the short game over the past 50 rounds. And he doesn't bomb it off the tee, but again, you don't really have to here. This is crazy. Like Adam Hadwin has been low key, very, very good the past four months. He's played in seven tournaments and has three top tens and a top 20. He's done all of that while losing strokes, both off the key and putting oh. in four of those seven events. That tells you just how good he's been with his approach and short game. So both of those will be critical this week and if Hadwin him get the putter rolling at all, it could be a great homecoming for the Canadian here. He's 50-1 to if you first-round leader, plus 350 top 10. I've bet both of those as well this week.
0: Okay, so again, for the people who are maybe tuning in for the first time, the longer shots that you bring up like every single week, you're betting them to win outright, but also a guy like Connors, 35-1, to one, a guy like Hadwin, 50-1, to one, you're going to add that for the first-round leader. Smaller bets probably on that, but also a guy like Brendan Todd, who you're going to bring up here for the bomb of the week, I mean definitely for you right you're going to bet him for the yellow right and absolutely have to bet him first round leader on top of that.
4: Oh absolutely and again a guy like Todd you get really good odds on top 10 top 20 players right. too right we'll talk about him so i mean he's 70 to 1 in DraftKings so a lot of these near misses take Aaron Wise last week we had Aaron Wise at 100 to 1 but you you could have got Aaron Wise top 10 at 8 to 1. So I'm, I mean I'm still betting those as well. Now I'm I'm betting a much I'm betting a smaller amount on the large outright than I am on a top 10. I'm getting even more on a top 20. And as you mentioned, I'm betting, you know, piece of money on a, uh, on the, uh, on the first round leader. But that said, um, the key thing I like about Brendan Todd this week is he doesn't miss fairways. I mentioned that in the outset and his irons have been solid the past six tournaments and he puts lights out. This is a crazy stat. Brendan Todd over the past five tournaments has gained an average of three strokes putting on the field. Guys, that is a ton. And in his six of his last 13 events, he's actually gained five strokes putting on the field. So you're not going to find a hotter putter than Brendan Todd right now. Some people don't weigh putting into their models as much as I do. In some cases, I would agree. But this week, I think it's really relevant. So I'm really interested in the pr- approach and putting. Todd has been very solid in both. He has two top tens in his last five events. Again, I think he's a great top 10 play. You can find him at plus 650 on DraftKings, uh, top 20 at plus 250, and first-round leader at 75-1. to 1. So um, Brendan Todd is my bomb of the week, and uh, I think he's a really solid one.
0: All right. Excellent breakdown, as always. Again, uh, on Twitter, at Cutmaker Jeff, the podcast as well, and then the uh, the Telegram channel as well. Tell everybody about that.
4: Sure, guys. You check out uh, Cutmaker Pod, uh, the uh, at Cutmaker Pod on Twitter, at Cutmaker Jeff on Twitter. And, yeah, we have a private telegram channel we we send out our so a lot of our live plays and we we let everybody know when the website's been updated with our stuff and you guys know all the time i mean live betting and golf is is everything um we were able to get luke list at a really good price last week he had a good run um so uh, it, you always got to be know what's going on live betting and golf and we, we do that a lot on our telegram channel so all right buddy check out the app we'll go see you there
0: yep good luck this week thanks guys yep. Thank uh, you on quite the run here uh, again, like you he said, he's betting these golfers to finish, you know, to win the event outright. Been so close. But also he's adding top 10s, top 20s, smaller prices, bigger bets on that.
3: Did a great job with fantasy, too. He Tweeted out the ticket he had. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well. All I right, follow the money here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Up next, I'm watching the uh, Astros game the other night. They flashed a graphic displaying teams leading their division through a certain amount of games and how many times they've made the playoffs over the past 20 years. Staggering numbers. We'll share them with you coming up next.
5: always follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow the
3: money. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Sin. Welcome back. Are you looking for consistency in MLB? Then look no further than David Hess at WinnersAndWinners.com. 63% so far on totals in Major League Baseball. He's got a total today. Text VEASAN the 320-350-3500 to get that. Text VEASAN 320-350-3500. All right,
0: let's start this out. We're talking Game 3 NBA Finals tonight. Golden State at Boston Celtics Lane 3.5 points. Total is 212 here at Circus Sports. Here he is, the early riser himself, Ray Ratto, joins us 95-7 the game in San Francisco. Good morning, sir. How are you today?
6: None of your business.
0: <laughs> Very good. Very good. Good to have you on the program again. We appreciate it. Um,
6: always, always a treat.
0: I asked this question before the end of the last hour, so I'll ask you here. Who do you trust tonight on the Warriors, not named Steph Curry?
6: I think, but who do I trust is kind of a vague definition, but I would say the guy I probably would trust the most is Andrew Wiggins. Mm. Um, The reason why I don't say green is because I don't know whether the officials are going to sort of make him an example. Um, You know, if he gets into foul trouble, he's a different player. Like every player is. Whereas with Wiggins, you know what you're going to get night in and night out. You know, his worst night, he'll have 12. His best night, he'll have 22. Usually he's right around 17. And he'll defend hard all night. And that's really sort of the thing that the Warriors have that I think Boston doesn't, which is they've got four or five guys that fall into that category. And as long as all four of them don't, you know, at least as far as as long as two of them perform, They'll
3: be okay. Mm-hmm. Great point about the officiating. I could see Green getting two fouls in the first five minutes. That is an excellent point. Now, How about Clay? We've t- talked about it much of this show, and it's been uh, a big talking point about w- will old Clay show up, and he was great in the two closeout games against Memphis and the Dallas series. Is it just the, so hard to come back from this injury, and this is who he is now, and, and maybe you hope to get 15 from him? Where are you at with Thompson?
6: Um I think 15 would be low only because it, he has not been like universally awful game in and game out. He does. Like you say, he spikes and ebbs. So I wouldn't be surprised if he had a, if he had a decent game tonight. Um, the problem with him is you don't know, you know, if, if he was awful all the time, you could sit him and if he was great all the time. You could play him 40 minutes, but you know, when they played him throughout the fourth quarter, that blowout, it was clear that they're looking at him and saying, "You know what? This guy needs—he needs a sprint. You know, he, he needs to work this out. He needs to work it out on the floor." So, I think they recognize that it's more than just you know a bad patch, and they're figuring, mm-hmm. "You know what? We're not going to sit him. So we better just see if he can untrack himself." Because I think with his shot, more than anything else. When he's feeling it, he's preposterously good. But game two, he wasn't feeling it at all, and that was even in garbage time. So I I don't know what to make of him from game to game anymore. He'll have a game like he had in game six, but I don't know, you know, I don't know what it's going to be.
0: Yeah, that's pretty much my same thought process. I'm glad you brought that up because we mentioned that a couple of times today. So that's not a reach because I know Kerr said after the game he's not concerned about Clay. But to have him out there, Ray, in the fourth quarter of that blowout, that was kind of my same feeling. Like, man, hopefully he can find a shot right now.
6: Yeah, um, Steve Kerr is uh, committed to Clay Thompson in ways that you know you wish your wife was committed to you. You know, he he is not. He has an investment in Thompson's heart that is, I think, unusual in modern day sports. And I, I don't think that there's any point at which he won't play him his normal minutes. But he also knows that the thing that's ailing Thompson from time to time in these playoffs is not something that, you know, you can you could bring him in and show him video and say, see, this is what you're doing wrong. You know, he just has to he has to go out on the green and, and putt and just keep putting until he gets the field back.
3: What was your takeaway from game one? Did you agree with Kerr and Green that, well, we were in control and they just made threes and we were lazy on defense? Or was it that that Boston got open, wide open looks, and White hit some tough shots and they had the epic fourth quarter? I mean, do you think Golden State should be up 2 nothing, or do you think it was more of Boston taking it in game one? No, I think Boston took it.
6: Um, You know, you you don't get to, you know, get outscored by that much in the fourth quarter and claim you had control because – Control to me means that the other team can never get any traction, and the fact is, you know, Boston was never so far away from them that they couldn't get back in because twelve is the new six. You know, if you're up by twelve, it it's the same as if five years ago you were you were up by six points because twelve is not an insurmountable lead by any stretch. Mm -hmm. Twenty isn't anymore. So yeah, I don't think they you know they were they were dominating that game they were working hard to keep you know boston at arm's length but you know they didn't do a nearly good enough job on the other guys they were willing to try to clamp down on tatum but the other guys had free run of the free run of the arena Mm. and the difference in game two was that they spent a lot more time worrying about the other guys and less time worrying about Tatum. So I would suspect they're going to try that again tonight. Uh, I don't know how much success they're going to have, but the idea that Al Horford goes from 26 to 2 in back-to-back games and that that Marcus Smart goes from like 17 to 2. I mean, I think mostly what this series has been so far is proof that only one guy has had two good games in a row and everybody else is God knows a lot.
0: I think that's completely fair. It's follow the money here on v and the Sports Betting Network. Ray Ratto, our guest, 95.7 The Game in San Francisco. So if they had, Ray, legalized sports betting in California, and uh, you had sportsbook apps all over your phone, and you saw the Celtics lane 3.5 tonight, total of 212, how would you bet it?
6: Um, the Warriors were always a pretty nice under bet this year, but I think 212 might be kind of low. Um, I'm inclined to think... I'd lay off the total, and I'd give the three and a half because I think this series is going seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't trust that anybody's going to have free, free run of the building except for Curry. And he's you know, he's in that groove that Thompson has been trying to find and that Curry has sort of faded in and out of all year long. But right now he's as, he's as wired as he's been all year. And I think when that's true, I don't know who, who corrals him because he's running around as free as ever. Uh, he finds the seams with, with greater ease than I thought he would. And I, I think he's the, he's the one guy in this series who isn't a wild card yet.
0: Yeah, so I think I think Boston wins tonight. I think the Warriors come back and get him in Game 4. Because I mean, that's it. Really, is astonishing when you think about it. Under Steve Kerr, they won a playoff series on the road, 26 consecutive, you know, series, and then we're going to go back tied at two piece of San Francisco for Game Five.
6: I, I think you've I think you've nailed it. But I think that if the Warriors win Game Three, they'll lose Game Four. Oh yeah, I think so too. So mm-hmm. I think we're going we're going back to two. In fact, we should there should be a federal law that say we says we go back to two because <laughs> this series needs to go seven.
3: Yep. Yeah. Yep, I haven't,
6: I haven't been in enough seventh games this year.
3: Yep. Since we have you here and it's been in the news, what do you think happens with Garoppolo and who starts week one for the 49ers?
6: Oh, uh, Lance is going to start.
0: Oh, he's going to start? Um, okay. I,
3: think
6: I Well, I think they're too committed to him not to. And they've made it as clear as they can that they want to move Garoppolo. The problem that they've got is his arm's still in a sling. And now they are in a position where They have to wait to see which other quarterback on which other team is going to, you know, Mm. run into a wall in training camp, Um, which means their options about moving him are relatively limited. Mm. Uh, You know, I, I think there is a I think there's a feeling that, you know, Kyle Shanahan has to figure out whether they made a mistake with Lance or not. And the only way you're going to do that is by giving him the job. Um, unless he's awful in training camp because everybody thought that Lance would have the job last year and Shanahan didn't like what he saw, Mm. you know, whatever that was, whether he wasn't practicing well enough or the offense was too arcane for him. um, You know, I thought Shanahan was going to have to be proven that, you know, that Lance could take the job from Garoppolo and Lance didn't do that. I think this year it seems to be reversed at least, based on their rhetoric that i think they want lance to be the starter and the question is what do they do with the 26 million dollar backup mm-hmm. and so i think that i think the field is relatively clear for lance and then he's got to hold the job and if worse the, uh, the 49ers worst case scenario happens they have they have garoppolo's backup right. i mean that that seems weird but that's what the 49ers do that's what they are
0: we have 30 seconds here so they are going to go from a team that had a 17-7 lead on on the road against the rams to go to the super bowl with Garoppolo to a team that will win how many games with Lance if he's a full-time starter
6: i'm going to guess 8 because i think there is a natural fall off unless your your brand new quarterback is like of Aaron Rodgers type quality mm-hmm. um i i think they're the only way they they win more than eight, I think, if their defense is mega elite, and that means they have to fix their secondary as well as mm-hmm. everything else they've already got. Um, but you know, I thought that I thought that they were toast after eight games last year. So take everything I say with about a metric ton of salt.
0: Okay, will do. <laughs> Follow him on Twitter. He's at Rado Indy. You're the best. Thanks, pal.
6: You're the. You guys are pretty. <laughs>
3: Beason, the sports betting network. Jeff Seal, coming off a winning Preakness pick, now you can get a $25 free bet to follow him in Saturday's Belmont Stakes. All you have to do is sign up for First Bet, the preferred horse racing app of Beason. V-SAN, slash horses for details. slash horses promo code LV Belmont. Joined by the legend Bob Ryan, ESPN and the Boston Globe to talk. Go over the NBA Finals. I loved your last tweet. Appreciate the time, sir. But your tweet is spot on about no carryover, no momentum. This is going to be a different game every time we we step on a court here.
7: If you want Exhibit A, go back to the Dallas uh, series uh, in the other conference when they had four consecutive games decided by 25 points, two of which they won <laughs> and two of which they lost. So you know the defense rests uh, or, or the prosecution rests, I should say. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then you watch what's been going on. I've watched the, the Celtics playoffs, and, and the uh, there is absolutely no no connection whatsoever between one game to the next. Everyone starts off, and, then, and home road, you know, they've, they've been notoriously weak at home and good on the road, so that, that doesn't even factor or make any sense.
3: Yes. So well, the 86 Celtics only lost one home game the whole year. Well, how does that, that come? Yeah, go ahead. Oh. No.
7: Oh, that was a whole different matter. Uh, yeah. That, that, look, I, I'm among those who believe it was the best team of all time for one season uh, in the pre, I call it the pre-three-shot mania era. The game has changed dem- dramatically. We know it is not the same game. Uh, but in the old days, before the three became the currency and not you know a little bit part of the deal, uh, that, that was a powerful team. And that year, they were once they hit their stride, uh, they were almost invincible. And, uh, yeah, they were uh, undefeated at home. That, I mean, one game, one loss. They yep, left the Portland.
3: Yep. Now, tie that. how does that compare? I know it goes back quite a few few years, but this Golden State run, that 26 consecutive playoff series, they have won at least one road game.
7: Oh, I, I'm very impressed with that, and and I'm very impressed with them. And this is their they're the team of this era, you know. Just as the the <clears throat> excuse me the, uh, the Spurs were the team of the first part of the 21st century in the NBA, uh, you know, with the championships. And and the Warriors have been in the last decade. It's been they've been the the preeminent team, and they're back again with that core group uh, of you know of, of Curry, Thompson, and Green, and uh, and and Curry's coach and. And uh, the, I'm very impressed with them. So, But it's, it, the game has changed so dramatically. You can't emphasize enough mm-hmm. how different. When, when you have a situation, for example, in game one, there were 173 shots taken. And I forget whether it was 87 threes and 86 twos or vice versa, but that was mm-hmm. the breakdown. 87 yes. one way, 86 the other. If, in, in, in 1986, that was incomprehensible. Games mm-hmm. would go by with nobody taking making a three or only making one or two.
3: Yeah. How, how would? Yeah. I was. How do you compare Curry to Bird? Because Bird. Bird said back in my day that was considered a bad shot if I took a three. Well,
7: it's different. Larry. If Larry were playing today, he would be in the in, in, in the way the game is today. He would be taking uh, a a lot more threes, mm-hmm. and, and 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 he was the first. He was really one of the, the first proponent of this, using it as a strategy. He used his three in the beginning of his career uh, strategically. He, he did, he, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter, when you needed a strategic three, he would do it. Uh, that kind of thing. It was the way the game was played. It wasn't the game. I mean, um, it, he did have one run, though. In 1985-86, in he had a road trip, uh, and uh, he went 25 for 34 on threes on that trip which was a little warning to people what could happen. But, but he never got carried away. But I don't think he ever made more than five in a game. And I doubt if he ever took more than seven or eight in a game. And, uh, hmm. and it, was just, it was just not the way the game was thought. You know, and, and I, Darryl Morey has changed everything. Daryl Morey, I call it the Darryl Morefication of basketball. You know, the, when he introduced the idea that the worst shot in basketball is the long two. And, and uh, uh, you know, and every, who, who deviates from that? Nobody. I mean, the three is the game.
0: So what do you know or think you know about the health of Robert Williams and Marcus Smart at this hour, or are you like almost everybody else? It's a total get, get, uh, guessing game right now.
7: Yeah, it's a guessing game, except that we do, we could see that uh, William, Robert Williams was not 100% in the last game, uh, and and they need him to be 100% for the reach there because they don't have – and no, obviously there's no replacement for him. Uh, he brings stuff to the table that they can't get anywhere else. And, and when he's out there and playing well, you just ask Bam about, out of bio about that, uh, you know, how effective he can be. I mean, he's a game changer. He's a rim protector. He's great on the, on the alley-oops. Uh, and and he, he's amazingly agile. And when he's fully healthy, he covers a lot of ground on defense. He's one of these, part of their whole defensive scheme. You know, they're a switching team. And part of the reason that it works is that if he gets stuck with a guard, he's not helpless, and, and most centers are.
0: Yeah, we saw that a couple times when he was healthy, getting out there on Steph to block a couple of shots. And again, look no further. You brought up the BAM example when he was so good in that one game that uh, Williams missed in the previous series. I would also look back at game two, Bob, because when Williams really wasn't on the court, that's when Looney uh, played really well for the Warriors.
7: Right well, that just tells you what you need to know about it, so they need that that makes them whole and 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 you know makes them dangerous but uh, so that, and we are we know the thing with him for this since he came here has been keeping him on the court. We could see these flashes of of what he could do, but it, he was hurt this that the other thing, and um this year he had to finally had a long stretch of of a reasonably of good health where he could. And, 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 you know, you you can help dating how they turned it around in the middle of January for many reasons. But one of them was they were able to put Robert Williams on the court every night.
3: What do you think of Smart's health, too? It appears well, so. He's
7: always got something because he plays yeah. so hard and rec- mm-hmm. and and I would almost say recklessly. He's not a dirty player, but he's a he's a wild player. He's a crazy player, and 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 he, and he throws his body around as Steph knows. And uh, you know that play was not dirty, but it was reckless. I would say you know the one where Steph got hurt in the regular season game, and um, but he's he's aggressive. He's a you know there's two kinds of. And mentalities. There's football, hockey, and there's basketball, baseball, and and when you put a guy into basketball with a football mentality, well, you know you got something so special, and that's what he is, just as Draymond Green is.
3: There is a report Scott Foster is on the game tonight. Uh, Turnovers have been a huge problem in this series for Boston. Maybe if you thought they let Green get under their skin in the in the mm-hmm. Game Two game, and and you think if Foster could have an important role here, you could see Green going to the bench early in foul trouble.
7: Well, it would, uh, the Celtics would have applauded that. Uh, I'd say Green—he put a stamp on the game on the first possession. He, he tied up Horford for a jump ball on the Boston's first possession, and uh, that uh, that set the tone. No, he's—he's he's, everybody knows what he's all about, and and if he's allowed to, you know, and I think it's been well established that were that a regular season game, game two, he would have been thrown out, but. But that the, the, the you know the understanding is clear, and by the way, I support it. Uh, it should take a lot, a lawful lot, to throw out a key player of a, of a playoff game, and uh, but he would have had a second technical and therefore an automatic expulsion in a regular season. I don't think anyone will doubt that. I don't think the Warriors will doubt it. He won't doubt it. But he he knew he could push the envelope real far, and he did, and he got away with it.
3: Cedric Maxwell said, if he in the '80s, he'd get knocked out if he played.
7: The no that's you know old guys older guys so we we always want to lionize the uh, you know the, the old days uh there were He he would fit. What's the difference between uh, him uh, other than, I mean, in terms of this mentality and Maurice Lucas, there's no difference. Maurice Lucas was the same kind of player, except he was better because he was a better offensive player, but uh, a shooter anyway. I mean, Green is a terrific uh, adjunct to your offense. He can pass the ball, and and he understands the game so well. But anyway, that's that's a little hyperbole for Max. I, I, I won't support that.
3: Okay. What do you expect tonight and the rest of the series, and who wins?
7: I mean, I I felt from the start. Look, I'm not good on predictions. I hate predictions, but I'll just say this: uh, it's clear. It's been well established that the Celtics, uh, uh, when they turn it over recklessly, lose. When they don't, they win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I just think it's going to be if they can keep them, and get, you know, keep the ball and not turn the ball over. I think it was upwards of 30 points they gave away the other day. You can't win that way. They got away with it in Game One because of that phenomenal fourth quarter. They did not get away with it in Game Two, and they won't get away with it another anymore either, if they keep turning the ball over. Now, give the Warriors credit. They forced some turnovers. They're a good defensive team, but but I would say the, the majority of the turnovers were, were really indefensible turnovers on the part of the Celtics. Careless ball handling and bad passing. they got to they got to pay attention to that detail, and, and everybody knows it. Everybody's talking about it. Uh-huh. We've been talking about it for them for the whole playoffs, but it's really magnified in this series.
3: Tell everyone about your latest book, please.
7: Well, uh, it's a book called in scoring position forty years of a love affair with baseball it's written with the great historian and researcher bill chuck and uh... bill suggested this idea to me two years ago uh, knowing that i have every scorebook that i uh... uh since the beginning of the nineteen seventy seven uh... baseball season i when i was the beat man on the red sox that season and i have the uh... baseball writers scorebooks, uh, and i have over fourteen hundred games scored uh... at uh... major league minor league national league American league playoffs world series regular season and uh... Even one college game that, 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 that uh, was rather amazing between Arizona State and North Carolina, a game that produced nine future Major League players and two future Major League managers. So uh, he said to me at the time, you got a book in this, all your scorebooks and all the stuff that's in there. And I said, ah, no, no, no." And he said, no, run the idea by some people and see what they think. I did. I got a positive response. Ran it by my agent, Andrew Blowner, and he sold the book to Triumph Books. What it is is this. We have 150 games uh, a, a accounted for here you see the representation of the scorebook page from my actual scorebook on the top of the page then i write what it's all about what is this what happened here why why am i doing this why why what, what happened in this game and what, what about this guy and then bill chimes in uh, uh, fleshing it out with more additional information about the guy or or historical relevance of the thing and bill's a very good writer too so we've complemented each other well and uh You know, we got oddities. I got, uh, I don't know, I can give you a couple of specific examples of, you know, having your scorebook at the ready in 1986.
3: With 10 seconds, sir.
7: Okay, fine. Okay, that's the name of the book. I'm going to put it this way. It's a great Father's Day gift for the baseball fan in your life, and there's no other baseball book like it. There's a lot of baseball books out there, but I promise you there's no other book like this one.
0: There you go. Thank you for the time, as always. Thank you. iHeartMedia Media does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at CallShe.com.
2: At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening